Thank you for tuning in to Bible Storming Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our aim is to help you be intentional in how you think about the Bible. It is more than just reading the words. It is about diving deep into the text. So let's study together. Here is your host, Daniel Webster. What is up, Bible Stormers, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm back here today with my boy, Johnny Royal. What's up, man? What's up, man? Glad to be here for another week. Man, it's good to have you back. We're diving into the topic of the incarnation, trying to trying to figure this thing out, trying to understand how and, and exactly what happened when Jesus came to earth. So, in the last episode, we kind of introduced the topic of the incarnation and laid down some fence posts that we want to stay within when we talk through this topic. We talked about how Jesus was 100% God, 100% man, in one person, at one time. So if you haven't checked out the last episode, the last part of this, this particular series, then go back, listen to that episode, come back here, because today we're going to expound a little bit on those fence posts, and we're going to really <laughs> create a problem for ourselves. So where we're going with this is that when we talk about Jesus being 100% God and and 100% man, we mean that he possessed both the nature of God and the nature of man at the same time. So when we're talking about natures, we don't mean like individual essences. That's what makes you, you. That's what makes me, me. That's what makes John Krasinski the, the, the best human on the planet. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about what are called kind essences the properties that make up and identify different kinds of things. So every human on earth possesses a human nature. So what is a human nature? Well, the, tr- the traditionally accepted view of human nature in, in like philosophy and theology is the, the view that human nature is the body and soul combination. The combination of those two, a body and a soul. And, that, and that's the view to which I hold. And Johnny, do you feel the same way? Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, there are characteristics of God that make God have the nature of God, and there are characteristics of man that make man have the character and the nature of man. And, uh, you know, I guess there are a few more natures. You might make the case that there is an angelic nature, and there are certain qualities that anything or anyone that is an angel would possess. Yeah, There are natures that... Uh, an animal would possess, like they are a body uh, that are living, but they don't have a soul like we do. Uh, and so I would agree that that the nature is those characteristics that you could attribute to a being that are true for all beings in that class. Right, like a horse has like a horse nature. That's what makes it a horse as opposed to a human or a cat, you know, whatever. So every kind of thing has essential properties that make that thing whatever it is. So when we say that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man, we mean that he possessed both the nature of God and the nature of man. So every human possesses only one nature, that human nature. Now, Jesus possessed that human nature. He he was just as human as any of us, but also he possessed the, the divine nature. So even when he looked like a man, he was still just as much God as the Father and the Spirit were. So the incarnation is not inherently about subtraction from the divine nature to turn the Logos into a man. It's really about addition 
The Logos already was divine. And in addition to that nature, he took on a human nature as well. So he has all the properties that make up humanity, and he has all the properties that make up divinity. That is what the Bible teaches. So I think what is interesting there is that most people understand at least the concept of who God is. And most people pretty well understand of, of, of who a man is or, or what makes someone a man. And I think why we have a hard time with the idea of the incarnation is because it's really hard for us to picture what it would look like if someone is God and man. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is something that literally none of us have ever, like, it's never happened in the history of anything. So it's, it, that's part of what makes this so difficult to, to approach because it's something that none of us have ever encountered before. And kind of along those lines, where we're going in this episode is there, there's a problem with this. We kind of see this problem for the first time and, and starting in like Jeremiah 23 verse 24, where God says, do I not fill heaven and earth? And in Psalm 139 and verse 7, David asks, where, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? So God is omnipresent. That means he's, he's everywhere, right? But Jesus was in a body at a specific point in space. So how could he be both God, who, who is omnipresent, he's everywhere, and man at a specific single point in space? Well, then you have another contradiction, it seems like, and in John 4, 24, when it says that God is spirit. But over and over and over again, in the New Testament, 1 John 4, 1 and 2 comes to mind, it tells us that Jesus was in the flesh. So, so how can one person be both spirit, because he's God, and flesh at the same time? Well, we could keep going with these, and, and, and we will. <laughs> in 1 John 4, verse 12, it says that no one has ever seen God. But in 1 John 1, 1 and 2, John says, that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. That life was manifested, and we have seen. No one has seen God. They saw Jesus. Well, Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord. I do not change. But John 1, 14 says that the word became flesh. 1 Timothy 6, 16 says that God alone has immortality, but Jesus died. John 6, 38, Jesus says that I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So you have that divine will, right? Jesus, Jesus has that divine will. He, he is God. But then in Matthew 26, 39, we find him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's on his face, and he's praying, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Matthew 26, 39. So Jesus had a divine will, but he also had a human will. He says, not as I will, but as you will. Well, and then Matthew 5, 48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. God is morally perfect perfect. He's morally complete. But Luke 2.52 says that Jesus increased in favor with God and man. And Hebrews 5.8 says that Jesus was made perfect through his suffering. He became obedient through his suffering. So God is morally complete, but Jesus, to, to some extent, in some sense, was morally incomplete. 
1 John 3.20 says that God knows all things. But Mark 13.32, Jesus says that nobody knows the day and hour of his second coming, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Also, James 1.13 says that God cannot be tempted by evil. But Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus was in all points tempted like we are. So how can he be both God and man when you have all of these contradictions? And, And last but not least, you have spiritual status. So in the Bible, in several places, we see almost a a spiritual strati laid out where at the bottom of this, you have man. Psalm 8, 4 and 5, what is man that you are mindful of him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. So man is below angels. Then you have angels. Then you have God, right? In in Hebrews 1, 6, but when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship God. Him. So the, the angels are worshiping God, that they are under God in this, this spiritual status realm. And then Hebrews 2 9 says that Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. So if he's above the angels because he's God, but also below the angels because he's man, how is that possible? If anything looks like a contradiction, it's this the attributes of deity, which Jesus has to possess as the second person of the Godhead seem to drive out the attributes of humanity? Or is it the other way around, that Jesus willingly let the attributes of humanity drive out the attributes of deity? See, Jesus seems to be the round square, right? The the married bachelor. His very nature, as we know it, seems to be logically contradictory. In other words, either one could be true. He could be God, or he could be man. But logically, both simply cannot be true. So Johnny, I know I've been talking for a while. I'm going to shut up here in a second, but I need you to give it to me straight, my man. Is the incarnation, as we've always known it, impossible? I think this idea of impossible really ties well into a word that you've mentioned a few times now, and that word is contradiction. Uh, It seems like when we talk about anything to do with the Bible, Many people love to use that word contradiction uh, because if they can show that that something is said to be true uh, of the Bible and then another scripture, they can peg against that scripture, uh, then it kind of allows them to, to not have to obey the things that the word says. And many people have done this, I think, with Jesus. And so when you ask, uh, is it possible? Is it is it possible? our understanding of the incarnation. I think it is, but we have to understand uh, what a contradiction means. And so a contradiction has to be uh, two pieces of information that are absolutely opposed to each other in such a way that both cannot be true at the same time. Whereas I think that we can show a model where many of the things, uh, all of the things that you mentioned, both can be true just maybe not in uh, the respect that we understand them to be true, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's about changing our perspective and thinking through this, trying to understand how it it all actually happened. So in doing that, I think our goal today is to to introduce a model of the incarnation, to, to introduce a model of 
how this might have happened. And, and I want to introduce or uh, emphasize that word might, <laughs> because this is just a possible model. No one on earth can know exactly how God did this. But all we need to do is to present a model that makes sense both biblically and logically, it, one that solves the dilemma that, that we seem to be facing. Now, this is important because, I mean, first of all, we're searching for the truth, right? But then also, people like, like Muslims and cultists and secularists, secularists will, will point to this dilemma and use it as evidence against the divinity of Jesus. So, Johnny, how should we respond to those people and, and to our logic? How, how are we going to, to reason our way through this? Where does a model for the incarnation need to begin? Okay, I think here is where our model needs to begin. And so if you go back and, and listen to the last episode that we did together, we talked about four fence posts. Mm-hmm. And along with that, we, we showed some, some scriptural backing for that. Uh, and so for one, the scriptures are clear that Jesus was completely God. In fact, uh, that's where the story begins. And we started off in, in John 1, and, and, and the Word was God, but you continue reading that account, and the Word became flesh. That really leads us to our second fence post, that Jesus, along with being 100% God, just as much as God the Father, just as much as God the Spirit, he was 100% man, and just as much as man as we are. He was flesh. He didn't just come in the appearance of flesh, but he was an actual man who lived and and walked uh, the earth. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but he was completely God, and he was completely man in one person. This wasn't two separate beings. This was God as man, God walking with man. We remember Emmanuel, you know, God with us is Mm -hmm. what that name means in Matthew or that description even. And all of this, the fourth fence post that we mentioned, happened at one time. As he walked the earth, he was God and he was man, both at the same time. And then I think the last thing for a model is that this model needs to to dwell in the realm of plausibility. Like you mentioned, there's no way that that we can completely understand and to the T know how God was able to do this. I really don't think that our minds could comprehend it. But that is not to take the way out of rationality. This model has to be plausible. For something to be a contradiction, there has to be no plausible or uh, possible satisfaction for that. And so our model needs to be plausible. It needs to to fit these fence posts that are laid out by scripture and also be logical. So th- so as that that it doesn't just directly contradict uh plain teaching in scripture. Right. So that's that's where every model of the incarnation, every possible model has to begin. So that's that's where we're beginning with ours. We're building it on top of these fence posts and we're having it dwell within the realm of biblical truth, and logical soundness. So that's kind of a preview of, of where we're going. This episode is kind of to, to set the scene. And then next week, we're going to drop another episode talking about our specific model for the incarnation and how specifically we think it was possible to be fully God and fully man in one person at one time. So remember to hit that subscribe button so it'll let you know when that next episode is going to drop. Remember to, to give us a like on, on social media, give us a follow, whatever social media platform you're on, find Scattered Abroad on there, leave us a rating or review, and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.